the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. In this first half of the first hour, we're going to take a look at some of the day's headlines. And then in the second half of the hour, I'll invite James Blinn to join me to take a look at the lighter side of the news. And in the second hour, we're going to take a look at the uh, Christian outlook for this week. All of that coming up today on the Georgine Rice Show. First headline, there's a Twitter tantrum going on. Elon Musk and AOC sparred after the congresswoman complains about journalists' suspicion, suspensions and politically unneutral. Almost all Twitter employee donations went to one party during the midterms. No big surprise there. Piggy bank bail. A young boy has been accused of killing his mother over a video game. He's requested a lower bond. These are difficult times we live in. FTX, the crypto company, uh, collapse may hits the smallest investors the hardest. Well, on the road to 2024, Ohio Republican Matt Dolan, the Senate candidate who was the biggest surprise as he surged during the closing weeks of Ohio's crowded and combustible Republican nomination race earlier this year, is taking concrete steps that could set him up for a second straight run for the Senate when Democrat Senator Sherrod Brown's up for reelection in 2024. In a delayed call, Representative Stefanik slammed the Pentagon for their late review of a diversity official. And partisan divide, Americans are showing little enthusiasm for a Biden-Trump matchup in 2024. There are other options, they say. Well, backing for a probe, there is a growing bipartisan support for investigating Hunter Biden. And investigating, they will, in 2023. Trying to fix children, the first Emmys for kids, is being criticized for its heavy focus on LGBT content. Not in the spirit of free speech, a CNN panel seethes over the fact that Elon Musk did not, did not uh, give them the Twitter files. And nothing will change. Critics say the Los Angeles mayor's homelessness emergency won't work. While the Senate looks to pass temporary funding to avoid a government shutdown, the Senate is uh, sprinting to clear a one-week funding path that would uh, avert the, a government shutdown on Friday at midnight. But timing remains uncertain as any one senator could delay the legislation. The House on Wednesday night passed the stopgap measure, which extends federal cash until the 23rd of December, as leading lawmakers scramble to wrap up a broader $1.7 trillion year-end spending package. The negotiators involved in that deal, however, are keeping the overall spending levels and other details under wraps so as not to endanger support in a rushed timeline. Reuters points out that it is extended to tally about $1.7 trillion and include aid for Ukraine's fight against Russian forces and a bill reforming the way Congress certifies U.S. presidential elections. Gavin Newsom's reparations task force still deciding on a number uh, to give. 
Uh, With California facing a $24 billion deficit this year, it's not clear how state Democrats will proceed if they need to raise extra revenue for a reparations proposal. The California legislature needs a two-thirds supermajority to raise taxes. And while Democrats hold that supermajority, it's not a given that all the party moderates would endorse a tax hike. The Washington Free Beacon reports that the task force has yet to settle on time frames for each of these categories, nor has it decided how many black California residents should be eligible. With California facing a $24 billion deficit next year, it's unclear how state Democrats are going to proceed if they need to raise extra revenue for a reparations proposal. The California legislature needs a two-thirds supermajority to raise taxes, and while Democrats, again, hold that supermajority, it's not given that all the party will endorse a tax hike. The Senate passed a ban on TikTok on government devices, sending the bill to the House. The Wall Street Journal reports the Senate uh, passed the unanimous consent bill that would ban federal employees from downloading or using the social media app TikTok on government devices in the face of mounting national security concerns. U.S. officials and lawmakers from both parties have raised concerns about the app's owner, Beijing-based ByteDance Limited. In just five years, the application, which allows users to post short videos with music, has exploded into a pop culture phenomenon. It is the world's most popular app used by two-thirds of American teens. Speaker Nancy Pelosi said on Thursday that she had yet to decide whether the U.S. House of Representatives will join the Senate in backing the legislation to bar federal government employees from using the Chinese-owned TikTok on government-owned devices. Well, Dow tumbled further as fear of a recession looms. Wall Street Journal reports that U.S. stock losses deepened on Thursday after central bank officials on both sides of the Atlantic signal they are, have more work to do to tame inflation and a batch of fresh data heightened recession fears. The major U.S. stock indexes started uh, the week higher, then fell Wednesday when the Federal Reserve raised rates by half a percentage point. What, spoke, uh, what spooked investors, rather, wasn't the rate increase, which was widely expected, but that the Feds raised its uh, estimates of how high rates may ultimately have to go. A bank shares also declined as fear of recession increased. Arizona's being sued by the Department of Justice for building a border wall from shipping containers. Well, the DOJ is suing Arizona Republican Governor Doug Ducey and his administration over the use of shipping containers to build a wall along the state's southern border with Mexico. The Department of Justice filed the lawsuit with the U.S. District Court for the District of Arizona on Wednesday, claiming that the project trespasses on federal property. The legal move comes after Ducey issued an executive order in August directing the state's Department of Energy and Military Affairs to begin a Yuma County project. The 3,820 foot of the previously open border was closed with 130 shipping containers in just 11 days. National Review points out the government argues the makeshift wall is illegal, dangerous and interferes with federal duties and has asked a judge to order the removal of the containers from U.S. land. We'll continue to follow this rather interesting story. Well, the U.S. places 36 additional Chinese companies on their blacklist. The Commerce Department this morning added 36 Chinese companies to its export blacklist, a decision that specifically targets firms involved in Beijing's development of hypersonic weapons, human rights abuses and other activities linked to the Chinese military. The addition of one of those companies, 
uh, followed a think tank report and a push by Senator Marco Rubio earlier this month over its alleged role in the the Chinese Communist Party's genocide of Uyghurs and sales of uh, surveillance technology to the Iranian security services and military. Today, decisions, or rather today's decision, bars Americans from selling uh, to the company, Tiandi, which is significant because Intel was one of its corporate partners. The move builds on sweeping export controls imposed by Beijing in October, rather on Beijing, to slow Beijing's technological and military advances, including measures to curb China's access to U.S. chip-making tools and cut it off from certain chip-made anywhere in the world with American equipment. Well, the U.S. passed a bill allowing Puerto Rico to vote to either become the 51st state of, or independent, sends the bill to the Senate. Uh, the U.S. House passed the bill on Thursday that would allow Puerto Rico to hold the first ever binding referendum on whether to become a state or gain some sort of independence in a last-ditch effort that stands little chance of passing the Senate. The bill, which passed 233 to 191 with some Republican support, would offer voters uh, in the United States territory three options, statehood, independence, or independence with free association. (coughs) Excuse me. The proposal would commit Congress to accept Puerto Rico into the United States as the 51st state if voters on the island approved it. Again, the Senate is a steep climb. Russia is warning the U.S. uh, sending defense missiles to Ukraine warrants consequences. We'll tell you more about that in just a few moments. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We need to take a quick break. We'll continue to look at some of the day's headlines. And then in the second hour of today's program, we'll, we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news along with James Blend. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, Russia is warning the U.S. sending defense missiles to Ukraine warrants consequences, in quotes. Russia's foreign ministry warned on Thursday that if the United States confirms reports that it plans to deliver sophisticated air defense missiles to Ukraine, which the U.S. does plan to do, it would be another provocation rather uh, by the U.S. that could prompt a response from Moscow. Ministry spokesperson uh, said in a weekly briefing that the U.S. had effectively become a party to the war in Ukraine following reports that it will provide Kiev with Patriot surface-to-air missiles, the most advanced the West has yet offered to help repel Russian aerial attacks. The Hill reports that such a system could help Ukraine shoot down bigger threats from further away, but the U.S. so far has balked at sending Patriots, in part because of concerns over it being viewed as an escalation by Moscow. Border Patrol agents are making monumental or made a monumental bust of methamphetamines worth nearly $100 million. Spencer Brown reports that border agents working in the Rio Grande Valley sector of the U.S.-Mexico border in Texas made the third largest seizure of methamphetamine this week when they flagged a tractor trailer for secondary screening. What agents found as part of their process was more than 1,400 bottles that appeared to contain Uh, Clorox, but were actually filled with liquid methamphetamine, totaling more than 3,000 pounds of contraband. Border Patrol Chief Gloria Chavez says phenomenal work by the hashtag uh, Fall Fear Us station uh, agents who seized one of the largest amounts of liquid methamphetamine in U.S. history uh, in the border, 3,036 pounds with an estimated value of $100 million. Well, New York is planning to ban pet stores from selling cats, dogs, and rabbits in 2024. 
Not sure what they will sell. New York will ban pet stores from selling the dogs, the cats, and the rabbits beginning uh, in 24 under a new bill designed to crack down on corporate breeders. Governor Kathy Hochul signed the Puppy Mill Pipeline Bill into law on Thursday, months after it passed the uh, state legislature, after facing mounting pressure from animal rights activists who argue that breeding customers with high veterinary bills, pet uh, pet store owners, however, have spent the... Uh, past few months railing against the measure, saying it would put them out of business and have unintended consequences that would make it harder for New Yorkers to get a pet, potentially even leading to an underground pet market. Twitter suspended accounts over doxing. Several journalists' Twitter accounts have been uh, given seven-day suspension on Thursday, which served to raise an outcry of hypocrisy by some against new CEO Elon Musk regarding his commitment to free speech. The suspensions followed Twitter's banning of the account of Jack Sweeney, a University of Central Florida student who two years ago created an account that tracked in real time Musk's private jet. Sweeney's account was permanently suspended for failure to adhere to Twitter's new anti-doxing rule. Doxing is the public sharing of personal data on individuals like a physical home address or, in Musk's case, the real-time location of his private jet. However, Twitter's sudden suspension of several mostly left media journalists was reported as being arbitrary censorship of journalists who were critical of Musk. A day prior, when objections were raised over Twitter's suspension of Sweeney, Musk pointed to Twitter's new anti-doxing rule. Any account doxing real-time location info on anyone will be suspended as it is a physically uh, physical safety violation. Well, this includes uh, positing uh, information, posting links to sites with real-time location info. He shared that his son has been followed by crazy stalker thinking it was me who later blocked the car from moving and climbed onto the hood. On Thursday, Musk reiterated that the same doxing rule applies to journalists as to everyone else. That's hardly hypocrisy or speech suppression. Well, the CDC is being coerced into purging inconvenient gun facts. The agenda of anti-Second Amendment activists is to eliminate Americans' right to bear arms in their effort to move their agenda forward. Well, these anti-gun activists demonize firearms as a root cause of violent crime. Hence, any data that could undercut this narrative, data like the number of incidents in which firearms are used to prevent crime and protect property, uh, uh, must be effectively censored. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recently caved to the anti-gun activists and removed statistical data from a study that the agency had conducted on defensive gun use that found annually roughly 60,000 and 2.5 million times firearms are used to prevent crime. Mark Bryant, anti-gun activist and director of the Gun Violence Archive, objected to the CDC sharing such inconvenient data, writing in a 2021 email, that 2.5 million number needs to be killed, buried, dug up, killed again and buried again. It is highly misleading. It's used out of context, and I honestly believe it has zero value, even as an outlier point in honest DGU discussions, end quote. Well, after claiming the study had been debunked as misinformation, Bryant demanded it be removed from the CDC's website. Officials there at first resisted, but in yet another example of politically motivated narrative trumping truth, the CDC has caved to the anti-gun lobby and removed the defensive gun use study from its site. 
In another terrible government overregulation, the Biden administration has proposed a new maritime regulation in the name of saving endangered rights uh, uh, whales that would do almost nothing to save the whales, but would in turn endanger the lives and livelihoods of fishermen on the East Coast. Frank Hugelmeyer, president of the National Marine Manufacturers Association, described the new proposal as the greatest regulatory overreach in American maritime law. End quote. Well, the administration's proposed regulation would restrict the speed of all boats 35 feet and longer to 10 knots. That's about 11.5 miles per hour for seven months of the year within 100 miles of the coastline. The administration claims that the rule will help reduce the risk of boats hitting and killing the endangered right whale, uh, whose estimated total global population is just 350. Jeff Angers, president of the Center for Sports Fishing Policy, summed it up by calling the new regulation stupid, ridiculous, unjustifiable, ineffective, and unnecessary. He noted that there's less than one in a million chance of a fishing boat hitting a whale. Indeed, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration admits that in at least 15 years, uh, there have been a total of five deadly whale strikes by 35 to 65 foot boats. The regulation is a danger to boaters, according to Edmondson Boat Owners Association of the U.S. president, who notes that 10 knots is too slow for boats to properly navigate the waves. It's yet another example of bureaucratic red tape created without concern or understanding of the negative ramifications such regulation may have. Well, the fate of the Electoral College Reform Act is now tied to the omnibus spending bill, and the Senate unanimously voted to ban TikTok on government devices. George's Brad Raffensperger is squelched in New York Times claim that he's pushing ranked choice voting. The Biden administration is suing Arizona Governor Ducey over their makeshift shipping container border wall, and major cities are using federal COVID relief funds for guarantee income projects. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg vacationed in Europe as the rail unions were on the verge of a strike. Non-binary ex-Biden official Sam Brinton helped craft policy to hide student sex changes from their parents, and feds opened an investigation into deep-seated anti-Semitic discrimination at Berkeley Law School. (coughs) Google will start uh, marking the uh, race of uh, business owners, and homeschool students trounced public and private school peers in rigorous standardized tests. Fox News crushed CNN and MSNBC in 2022, finishing number one among all the cable networks for the seventh straight year. The Biden-created border crisis about to get worse and a lot worse since that uh, title is about to be ended. And in a bit of satire, James, um, China threatens to fire senators who vote for TikTok ban. Okay. China fired the senators. It was a bit of humor. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up, we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news with James Blend. So stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Friday edition of The Georgine Rice Show. Now, in my last segment, in the hard news, I... Didn't get to this day in history, so I thought I'd share that with you before we move on to the lighter side of the news with James Blend. Well, on this day in history, 1773, the Boston Tea Party takes place as American colonists board a British ship and dump more than 300 chests of tea into Boston Harbor to protest tea taxes. 
1905, the entertainment trade publication Variety comes out with its first weekly issue. 1944, the Battle of the Bulge in World War II begins as German forces launch a surprise attack against Allied forces through the Ardennes Forest in Belgium and Luxembourg. The Allies eventually would be able to turn back the Germans, but at great cost. 1950, President Harry S. Truman proclaims a national state of emergency in order to fight world conquest by the communist imperialism. 1960, a United Airlines DC-8 and a TWA Super Constellation collide over New York City, killing 134. 1976, the government halts its swine flu vaccination program following reports of paralysis apparently linked to the vaccine. So you wonder why people are skeptical. 1982, Environmental Protection Agency head Anne Gorsuch becomes the first cabinet-level officer to be cited for contempt of Congress for refusing to submit documents requested by a congressional committee. 2000, President-elect George W. Bush selects Colin Powell to become the first African-American Secretary of State. People uh, really struggle with uh, how to pronounce his name. I think we all pretty much have it now. 2001, after nine weeks of fighting, Afghan militia leaders claim control of the last mountain bastion of Osama bin Laden's al-Qaeda fighters. But bin Laden himself is nowhere to be seen. 2008, the Cleveland Clinic announces its surgeons have performed the nation's first near-total face transplant on a severely disfigured woman. The woman, Connie Culp, would go public with her identity in May of 2009. 2012, President Barack Obama visits Newtown, Connecticut, the scene of the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre. After meeting privately with victims, families, the president tells an evening vigil he would use whatever power he has to prevent future shootings. 2013, in the first ruling of its kind, U.S. District Court Judge Richard Leon, he declares that the National Security Agency's bulk collection of Americans' telephone records likely violates the Constitution's ban on unreasonable search. And that's what happened on this day in history. Joining me now is James Blend. James Blend, ladies and gentlemen. He is the producer of The Georgine Rice Show. His name is James Blend. That's B-L-I-N-D, James Blend, capital J-A-M-E-S, Blend. Hi, James. You know, I was thinking about, uh, you know, talking about easily mispronounced names. Of course, I do have one. But You do. Uh, um, the, uh, the the thing about uh, Colin Powell is sometimes I say it colon, other times I say Colin, uh, just because I want to be more of a semicolon. How long did you work on that? About thirty seconds. You can never get that time back. It's over. I know it's it, it's it is squandered. Over. It can never be redeemed. Thank you very much. I I you know what wow. can I say? Well, you said enough as far as probably true. Yeah. Probably true. Moving on as needs must. Arizona police gave a ticket to a driver for carpooling with an inflatable Grinch. I guess he thought, hey, it's the holidays. I can get away with an inflatable to go through the, uh, what is it called, the EOS line, the EIEIO line. What is it called? HOV. HOV. I knew it was something like that. Anyway, the Grinch came early for an Arizona driver. He tried to pass off an inflatable figure of said Dr. Zeus character. It's actually Seuss, not Zeus. They're two different Characters. Seuss, fictional, cartoon character. Zeus, fictional, mythology, mythology character. Anyway, a figure of the Dr. Seuss character as a passenger. The Arizona Department of Public Safety says a state trooper last week noticed a car in a high occupancy vehicle. That's H-O-V, high 
occupancy vehicle lane on Interstate 10 in Phoenix with a uh, suspicious, and they spelled it S-E-U-S-S, suspicious-looking green passenger. By the way, James Blend is the name. James Blend, capital B-L-I-N-D. Well, with the gag, uh, while the gag may have caused the officer's heart to um, to grow, it didn't stop the driver from getting cited for being in the HOV lane during a restricted time. It was funny, but... Didn't mean he didn't get a ticket. The agency, however, could not help but post a photo of the Grinch figure with the driver's face blurred out on Twitter. Officials say they appreciate the festive flair, but that the driver's actions were still illegal. They're urging motorists to follow traffic laws. So don't try to uh, do something that is on any other day illegal, thinking it might be legal because it's, in quotes, the holidays. That, that's your takeaway? Broadcasting in the uh, public interest. My takeaway was if you're going to try it, use Cindy Lou Who as opposed to the Grinch because, well, (laughs) she looks more like a person. Well, that's true. Yeah. Maybe that's the moral of the story. I think that is the moral of the story. Yeah, not. No. No. No, probably not. No. No, it's not the moral of the story. Several motorists who were speeding through an elementary school zone on the Florida Keys overseas highway uh, received uh, an odorous onion. As a reminder to slow down from a county sheriff deputy dressed as you know who, the Grinch. Colonel Lou Caputo, a 37-year-old veteran of the Monroe County Sheriff's Office who conjured up the concept more than 20 years ago, was back on the streets on Tuesday. And I might just accelerate a little bit to get an onion from the, the deputy, the veteran. Drivers who travel about five miles per hour or less above the school zone speed limit can choose between traffic citations and an onion presented by the Grinch. Those speeding beyond that likely receive a costly ticket with no onion. It's about education, awareness that our school zones are still operating, even though it's the holiday season. See, people assume it's the, in quotes, holiday season, so Mayhem can ensue, but no, the the laws, they all still apply. Uh, Those speeding beyond that uh, will be cited. We want people to slow down, says uh, Deputy Lou Caputo. Caputo said he uh, portrays the fictional character created by children's author Dr. Seuss, not to be confused with with, um, Zeus, who is an entirely different figure in mythology, uh, to give motorists a gift, but also to call attention in a nice way to the need to obey speed limits. In school zones, it catches them off guard, he says. But when I give them a clear choice of a citation or an onion, they'll take the onion. And I've um, had them eat the onion right in front of me, he said. Key schools remain in session through the 16th of December. So if you happen to be driving through the uh, uh, Marathon, Florida area, stay within the speed limit, particularly in uh, zones where kids are in school. Just seems weird, a little weird to me that somebody's getting pulled over for like going three miles an hour over the speed limit. Which is, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't refer to myself as somebody who is a chronic speeder by any means. I do tend to think that the traffic laws are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we all speed by a mile or two from you know, an hour. Oh, we or, all you know, speed, so by, you're you know, lumping all of us together with you. Well, I'm saying you know, it, it's very plausible to, to do so without realizing it. Well, that's true. And that small, that small overage. But if you're, if it's the small overage, the three to five, he only warns them. He's trying to draw attention to the fact that this is a school zone. You really need to stay within the limits. If it's over that, however, you'll be. Yeah, you're you're in trouble. Yeah. So there you go. 
Um, Nuri, Maine. A bunch of Santa lookalikes took to the ski slopes to spread some seasonal cheer on Sunday. More than 300 jolly old elves. You know, I forget that Santa Claus is supposed to be a jolly old elf. He just he seems like an oversized elf, and I'm not sure he's as jolly as people make him out to be. But I digress. All dressed in red, dashed together down a mountain with white beards and Santa hats flapping in the breeze at the Sunny River Sunday River Ski Resort in Maine. A, a skiing Grinch and a skiing Christmas tree joined the party. I mean, you got to have a Christmas tree, and of course, the Grinch shows up once again. Apparently, out of work as um, being the other person in an HOV lane, he made it to this uh, event in Newry, Maine. It wasn't exactly a winter wonderland. There was little natural snow. The snowmaking machine on Sunday uh, Sunday River produced enough of the fluffy stuff for the annual tradition. Sunday, um, or rather, Santa Sunday has grown in popularity over more than two decades, raising $7,500 this year for a local charity. Oh, that's very generous. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. I have um, regrettably invited James Blend to join me for this half hour. And sadly, take a look at the lighter side of the news. Sadly, I had nothing better to do with my time. Yeah, and he agreed. So we apologize up front. I certainly apologize. Yes, we're, we're remorseful. Um, I think it. I think it should be obvious to listeners by now that I go out of my way to avoid you. So, <laughs> well, that's true. As the producer of the program for how many decades now? Two. I th- um, yeah. I th- let's see here. If my math is right, next month it's going to be twenty years. Next month. Next month. And you survived to tell the tale. Well, you know, I, it, it's not without a, a fair share of uh, PTSD and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so, various other ticks that have uh, developed over the years. But yeah. <laughs> so what do you give the producer of a talk show? You know, when you're married for five years, there's gold, there's silver, there's flowers. What's the 20-year gift for a talk show host producer? Xanax. <laughs> okay, probably not, that, but, you know. <coughs> Don't make me cough. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you cough. I did <laughs> I've not had mean this to do that. long-standing cold. It started out with COVID. Then all of the symptoms, I did the singing Christmas tree with a quarter of my voice. Then I hopped on a plane, I flew to Klamath Falls, and I did a singing Christmas tree there with a head full of mucus, and I apologize for the graphic nature of that description, but it was true. And now I come back home and I've got this cough and it just seems to linger. And I, what I'm really trying to do is generate pity. It, it worked. You feel sorry for me? No. I just assume somebody else did, but not oh, me. Oh, right. I mean, I've had a cold half the time too, although mine, mine did not originate with COVID. But um, the uh, um, it just kind of lingers on a little bit. Uh, it's almost like... I think this li- is my it's, fifth week. This is my third week with this cold. I still have a little bit of it left. We can still hear a little bit of my voice, but yeah. uh, you know, it's one of those things where um, this one just doesn't want to give up, and it's almost like, hey, not having a cold for three years, whoops, there's one. Yeah, and everything seems to linger because we were isolated from one another. I just do want to point out that I'm in my fourth or fifth week. You're in your third week. Yeah. So in the pity department, I would think people would lavish just a little more pity on me having suffered for longer. See, the problem is we just talked about me being the producer of the show for 20 years, yeah. proving positive that I have indeed suffered longer. 
All right. Thank you. All right. I concede. Well, a pair of calves playing bit parts in the North Carolina church's live nativity scene escaped to a nearby state park last <laughs> last week. I remember Apostolic Faith Church up on what what's the street? Holgate used to do a live nativity. It was so cool. Anyway, a pair of calves, they ran off. Photos show police waist deep in the Cape Fear River in Carolina Beach State Park as they tried pulling the um, swimming animals back to dry land and back to the nativity. When you're a police officer in a small island community, you may get some unusual calls, the local department noted on Facebook. Officers were dispatched to help state park rangers round up the escapees who had been performing in the live nativity scene at Seaside Chapel in the community of Carolina Beach, some 140 miles southeast of Raleigh, according to police. They were finally brought to heel with the help of the community volunteers and a canine with specialized herding skills. I sometimes wish I had a canine specializing in herding skills. Because with between you and Sam, I could just, you know, get the two of you together more quickly. I'm going to look into that canine with specialized herding skills. Anyway, one group. That means the, you have to work with a canine, though. Oh, that's true. That let's, would let's, be a point out, let's, say, let's point out the problem with this. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. No. Uh, one group with a particular beef about the incident was uh, people for the ethical treatment of animals who thought these uh, sheep should not, or calves, should not be coerced into a religious ceremony, a pleas to prevent future tr- uh, tragedies. It wasn't a tragedy. They just wandered off. Will you stop using live animals in your events? Well, there were actually live animals at the original event, and they were simply, well, doing their job in this reenactment. So PETA, just worry about something else for the day. Anyway, I think live nativities are pretty cool. Having live animals, now that's something else. Well, yeah, I mean, but the, uh, you know, like I said, you, you do have your issues. Well, with, I'm not with, going. I'm just saying for other people. For other people. I, do I, you remember New Hope Church? If I recall correctly, New Hope Church used to have a, um, a nativity and they had live animals in the sanctuary. In the sanctuary? Yeah, I believe it, they were in the sanctuary. Somebody can text me or email me and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they had live animals. This was years and years ago. You were probably I am, still. I was going to say, I'm glad I wasn't on cleanup after that. <laughs> well, I'm sure they have ways of making it possible without, <clears throat> you know. I, 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 I'm I just saying that that uh, that doesn't sound like a fun thing. But uh, I, mean, I would like a confirmation on that, though. I think that's true. I remember back in the day that that was the case. I never got to go see it, but it was the pageant of the Christmas season. And it went on for a few years, if I recall. But I'm old, so I could be entirely mistaken. This could have been a feverish dream I had while suffering for the last five weeks with a cold. We should ask for our, which should, I should be pitied. We should ask our general manager about it. Oh, that's right. He would know. Well, maybe we can do that and report back next week. Next or week. not. I was say, it's going to be a couple Fridays from now. <laughs> well, someday. Spe- speaking of a couple Fridays from now, yeah. um, I wanted to, uh, bef- before we kind of wrap things up, this week in Grogu. Um, you, you've had a bit of an adventurous week with our little green friend from uh, Star Wars The Mandalorian. My first mistake was announcing that that thing gave me the creeps. That was your first That problem. was my first mistake, and you have seized upon it with several of my coworkers with great vigor. In fairness, this latest round, I had nothing to do with whatsoever. 
but other than to you know fully approve in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked to me ahead of time. I, I was barely here last week because I was sick. I really believe I need to call HR uh, in on this because when I came back from my vacation, there were Grogu things all over my... You couldn't open a drawer without one of them staring up at me. I think we had, had about 20 can- Grogu's, yes. about, including a four-foot-tall inflatable, inflatable Grogu. Inflatable. I opened my candy jar, and there was a little one in there holding an M&M. It was just... It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible, ladies and gentlemen. I walk out of my office, coming to do the show yesterday, and there sitting in front of my doorway is a Grogu. I didn't think anyone saw me, so it was sitting on the floor. So I kicked him down the hall. Little did I know one of my coworkers was standing there with her phone, the camera poised, knowing that something was going to happen and took a picture of the whole thing. I got to see the video that this afternoon and I was quite entertained by well, it. I was so disgusted. I thought that those days were over and that thing appeared again. Well, and when you came back uh, from your trip this on Tuesday, um, there was one, I believe, waiting for you in a drawer. Oh, Yes. Because all I know is I was talking to somebody at my desk. I saw you walk in, and the next thing I hear, whoo! <laughs> well, I was taken by surprise. And then one of our uh, co-workers, who happens to do production here at the station, he from time to time will make a statement like, you know, there might be one lurking in your office, and you haven't even seen it yet. So then I launch into every drawer, every nook and cranny. I even have a little... It's a toy airplane that's hanging from the ceiling. And there was a little Grogu in that thing. So I live in constant fear, ladies and gentlemen, for my life, for my sanity. And I've been suffering with a cold for five weeks. And I've been suffering with a host for 20 years. (laughs) What's your point? (laughs) All right. Point taken. Uh Uh-huh. Believe me. Grogu Grogu ain't got nothing on that host. (laughs) Not that I would kick her down the hallway, but you know. Yeah, whatever. That was so fun. When you saw that camera, the look on your face, that was... <laughs> well, that I was... had been found out. Absolutely. and uh, I took great satisfaction in kicking that thing down the hall. Uh, that was, a, that was a beautiful a little... thing for a, a, a great coworker who's retiring to leave with us. A little immature when I looked up and saw <laughs> it was Just photographed. Saying. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't my finest hour. However, I do not regret having done it. Let's just put it that way. Didn't think you would. See, that's the beauty of repentance. You can have forgiveness without regret. <laughs> well. I was going to say, can we get Pastor Rich back on the phone from yesterday? <laughs> uh, got some theological questions, although we could just ask Pastor Scott next week. Well, there you go. All right. Well, I think we're out of time. We've got we are. news we... and traffic coming up at the top of the hour. And then in the second hour, the Christian Outlook, Nicole Hunt from Focus on the Family will talk about the gut punch to the pro-life movement in this last midterm election. We'll hear from Hedia Miramadi. She's a Christian convert from Islam. She'll talk about the protests in Iran and why it's important for the Christian community to be aware and um, responding. And we'll also hear from Danny Huarta. He is with Focus on the Family as well. He has a challenge for us, says the years fly by quickly, how we might uh, savor the time that we have been given. All of that coming up in the Christian Outlook. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show, where I've been suffering for the last five weeks with a severe cold. We'll be back. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times 
on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.